happening people welcome back to the podcast as you know this podcast is sponsored by my online coaching clients i'm not prepared to get a sponsor because i'm not prepared to dim down the conversations because that's why people are watching them so that being said i'm taking on new clients for january if you want to be the type of person that becomes a sexy wee minx in the new year you can apply via the link in the description or the show notes you've one-on-one access to my whatsapp that's not for hitting on me then you've also got online check-ins guidance on nutrition calories protein so you don't need to worry about that and then on top of that something that most people that coach online don't do I spend a lot of time doing form videos so I can teach you how to lift in the gym so you're not anxious when you go there and you're not just following a program that someone's gave you I actually teach you how to lift from scratch so either apply via the link in the descriptions or just send me a dm on instagram saying i want to become a sexy wee minx before i let you get into the show like and subscribe on youtube if you're watching on spotify click the follow button so you get notified whenever there's a new podcast as well as rating the podcast on spotify and if you're on apple just leave me a really nice review that'd be class how nervous are you on a scale of one to ten? Nine. Nine, nine. Nah, not a nine, really. That's I'd, a, I'd, I'd go probably a six or a seven. Six is, or and seven. did that ham just as soon as you walked in the coffee shop? Yep. <laughs> no, 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 it didn't. It actually happened on the the, on the moped home. I was like, here we go, got a podcast. I, was like, I feel like Gavin wants to delve deep into me now. I said, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. Well, it's like what I was saying to you, like I've, how I've had a few people on, like Michael, the second podcast, me and Michael done like the full conversation. That was a good one. The second one about yeah, the calorie deficit. No, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah. the third one. Yeah, because the third one we had to come up with a new strategy. Because yeah, the good. second one, like we just had a conversation that was like what we thought people would maybe want to hear or what I thought people wanted to hear. So like I asked him like what his three favourite meals were that he cooks. Like I was, I, I, I tried to come at it as the like, let's help the audience sort let's of thing. Let's delve into nutrition. Let's yeah. give people real value and then about what they want to, what, you know, what they eat and so on. Yeah, so and then we all ended up just having a conversation where we're both staring at each other like, I fucking hate every second of this. And he was just staring at me like... Calories are boring. That, that's, I mean... Food's boring. Food, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. Unless it's a recipe, you can't talk about food. Like, no. And then a real recipe, like a, not a real recipe, a recipe on wheels, um can like bang but talking about it i'd rather like stab myself in the eye i'd agree like calories protein and stuff but you were asking me do i get nervous for podcasts yeah oh no no do um, you get nervous every time or not i'm really really glad that you actually said can i go first and because this one i'm gonna upload brad's before this one okay cool but yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad that I'm going to get two two hours out of the way before i have brad because i've been like i've been sitting there thinking jesus like if I get home on and there's some sound bites to go absolutely wild and then they start looking through some of the stuff I've said. No, you'll be alright, mate. Yeah, you'll be alright. Have you started going? Because I'm also going to upload Sean's podcast, The Ginger Comedian, yeah, yeah, yeah. the week before. And some of the stuff me and him come out with. Like, on the line? Yeah. Definitely getting cancelled. It's, it's on the line. like, And they're just, they're just going to look through all of that. I get nervous the last time I went to Belfast as well. Just like... Going in a new studio makes me nervous. I guess you can, I guess you can get in a bit of a flow with me, and then you'll be already in a flow, ready for Brad, and then you won't even think about it. Yeah, that's but then, what I mean. But then I do agree. Like new environments always make you a bit nervous at the start, and that's probably the diff. Do you know what? That's probably a big thing about podcasting. If you're traveling around doing it, like new environment, new place to do it, but it kind of adds to it though, because 
when you're a bit when you're a bit nervous as well so i have to be like is he nice and yeah. she's very nice yes. i've already forgot i'm so bad with names what was your name again uh, bk yeah bk right okay i nearly <laughs> fucked that as well it's the most glad Sorry. Name he's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> i will make you really nervous here because this is a big one how have you found living with me oh you actually are so nervous <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not i don't mind at all um Living with you is actually not that bad. The oh, it, I actually don't mind it at all. You're very yeah. easy going. Um, like you're very easy to live with. You don't have particular standards that you're like, why is this not the other this? Uh, yeah, mate. I don't have a problem living with you. Well, the yeah. only the only issue, <laughs> the only issue that I'd have living with you is you are the biggest like klutz ever. And the biggest what? Klutz. So klutz. Um, What's that? <laughs> uh what what do we say when we got in here what's the other word i'm trying to think of um the right what i have i've never heard of the word clut in my life. um what's it where you just quirk do stupid things randomly out? oh clumsy clumsy exactly clumsy right i'm not yes you are all right you, you are and you and i you nearly fall off the moped I'm every not... time i have to reverse exactly, exactly right and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make out like i am super prepared but you are, the, you have to be the most unprepared. You've literally, I think I've bargained with you. One of my sink creams, one of my, deo, <laughs> one of my deodorants, one of my plugs. Like if I wasn't with him, he would honestly, I don't know what he'd be doing. I've got by that this long. I've traveled Asia. I'm on I agree, mate. But I kind of, to be fair, I think I could take a note out of your book because I'm so used to being constantly like, like, oh, yeah, I need to make sure I get these things and stuff. It definitely comes from my mum because she's like OCD, super organised. Um, and I try not to be like that too much. But I think sometimes, um, as we said at the start, when you come travelling, the best thing to do is not to be organised because then you actually get some of the best stories from the simple fact... I just knocked my hand off. Just knock, <laughs> knocking it out. Um, yeah, you get some of the best stories from just actually not being prepared and having to go and get that stuff. So I kind of understand your point. But you are so clumsy, it it fucking hurts. And then like the thing is with you, you just get to a point and you're like, Oh yeah, I don't have this. Or I need this. And I'm like, Why the fuck have you saw that? Well, ah, just didn't think of it. Okay, all right, see let's let's go get that then, Gav. But, do you yeah. want the worst part do you know do you know the worst part since we've been here for me is when <laughs> No, not when I actually hand when we were when we went to that fuel place with Hannah, that Irish girl that we've met, yeah, yeah, and you you were with I was in front and you were behind with her, and we drove into the petrol place, and I just knew as soon as we got there, when I turned round, you were gonna tell her about the last time we'd went there, and I turned round and you're sitting telling her, I was the, like, Aaron, leave that story <laughs> out, the, nobody needs to know the best story so far in, in Bali mind, because do you know what? So Gavin's pulled in front of me and to fill his, fill his engine up. Hey, hey, right. hey. Um, Can you give some background into how okay. I was feeling? Okay. <laughs> I mean, come, come on. on. Right. So Gavin's first night here, did, he got about an hour's sleep. And we both obviously had night flights, barely slept. So severely jet lagged. He only got one hour sleep. Hey, hey. He, said he, that he, said he, he said he was hallucinating, but I think that's a load of absolute shit. I was that jet lagged. I was hallucinating. Oh, here we go. Yeah, all right. But anyway. I was seeing double cars that were on the road. <laughs> Yeah, he probably shouldn't have been on the road at this point. No, definitely not. Anyhow, he got to the petrol station. And the funniest part is Gavin's only just passed his driving test. So <laughs> the amount he's actually filled up a car 
is probably very limited for a 27, 27 year old. <laughs> and I've seen him pull forward, right? I know he's in a mood, he's in a grumpy mood. Oh, it's he's raging. hallucinating and all this shit. And I was I've like, seen dinosaurs. Seeing, yeah, he's fucking seeing anything. And he gets there and he's put, he's filled it up himself, right? And to be honest, I don't know why the guy didn't fill it up yet. He's absolutely screwed you over because normally every petrol station, they fill it up for you here. And he didn't for some reason. I think he just wanted to fuck you up. And basically, uh, as he's literally putting his petrol in, I'm going, I bet they don't stop here, do they? And this thing is just flowing out, got everywhere. And he's that tired. He hasn't even seen it. It's all over the floor. It's all over everywhere. All of the other, all of the two people working there just pissing themselves. I've never seen Gavin so like, oh, what's, what, what's going on? I didn't even realise. I'm seriously fucked. But that had to be the best moment ever. And and the worst thing was I was sitting watching the prince. I, I felt so yeah, that was it. There's a phone coming in my head. I felt so bad after though, because I literally was looking at you going, I wonder if these I wonder if these uh I wonder if they stop over here. And there was no stopping there, mate. And unfortunately, you had to pay for all the stuff on the floor as well, mate. So it's probably a, a good lesson learned. That's to all be fair. I was thinking about have I been in a bad mood here? And that's the only yes. that no that, but I haven't since then, really. Nah, nah, you've been you're pretty. I told easy you to shut it. up a few times. Yeah, but well, we, you know, I need talent shop. I actually quite appreciate that. You, that I'm in really our friend, blunt, I that am. in our friendship. Yeah, but I am at the same time, and I'm like, I think we both probably rely on each other to probably not like be too. Well, I think we, yeah, we can both rely on each other to be like, no, mate, you're talking absolute <laughs> shit there. Like, stop. Don't don't try and pull your your uh, social skills on me, mate. I was like, you're talking crap. I it's mean, the you've told me to shut up a few times, especially in the gym, Aaron. Stop telling me what to do. <laughs> All right, Gav. No worries, mate. I'll uh, I'll go over here and do my sessions. Yeah, that one was. Uh, like, I felt a bit bad after that. I'll see you, you at the end. You're just like, are you treat like you were like, how much arms are you doing? And I was like, not much. And then you started like going off, off about how I should ar do arms. And I, I was know, like, I did, I did. The thing is, right, he was benching and he was telling me how bad his bench was previously to it, or how much he was struggling with it. And I was like, so all I was trying to do was be a nice mate and be like, yeah, but see when you've heard it four times. I know, I know, I know, I, I know mate. I agree. Do you know the worst part about that moped thing was oh, funny. when we were oh, well, bear in mind, so the fountain was that big that it came on my top and all that. I think that's the only reason I noticed is like some of the oil actually or the fuel, whatever you call oh, it. Oh, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that comment actually. You were there like, I heard it. It's on me. I can smell it. It's in my, it's in my hair. I was, I was that like, stressed out though because I was, like, Gav, I was really stressed out because I still don't really know what pet, like all the different petrol is. Yeah. Well, we've got a feel. So there's I don't know what it's called, para, Paramix, Paralite? There's like three different Paramax. options for is that petrol. Right? That's right. All right. I was like, what but, the fuck is all this? Yeah, because the guys that we got our mopeds off basically want to just keep the engine or make it running for oh, years. So he was so like, like only blue and I was yeah. like, I'm a Celtic fan. I'm going green. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. But they probably do it. I've noticed barely anyone, by the way, feels they'll be back. So I think they just do it to be like, yeah, the tourists can pay a little bit more fuel. Hopefully it means my my bike's going to last yeah, me an extra yeah, yeah. extra 40,000 Ks. But it right. does make a lot of sense in terms of business point. Business right. view. The worst part about all of that is you kind of called me a derogatory name, which I kind of deserved. Oh, I'm not, I'll not repeat the word, but you called me something like that and I was like, I'm going to lose the plot. And then as, I remember you were trying to talk to me coming out. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it. You were trying to talk to me coming out, but you just called me a, a, a very nice word. <laughs> and then 
And then I was raging about it. I was like, did you just call me that? I was fuming. And I was like, I can't even remember. I was like, how is it all of this just happened? I was so <laughs> flustered. And then I put my hand in my hair and I put all the oil in my hair. And I could just smell it all over me. And we were going for food in quite a posh restaurant. And I'm just sitting there like fucking my hair covered in oil and all that. It was. I just, I was just sitting there. And it was more the fact that I knew how tired you were. But I just, I couldn't stop laughing because I could, I was just like, you'll be all right. That's why I make sure you got up before me. And that's why I make sure I have enough sleep. Because if, and I get so, like, if you think I'm clumsy when I'm not sleep deprived, that's what I'm like when I'm, See, when I'm sleep deprived, I'm so stupid. There's been so many times, if you ask one of my clients, Danielle, in, in the gym, I train her at quarter past seven. There's been so many times where I've just like fell over. I'll just be teaching her a remaining deadlift and went to lean over and just fell over. I mean, I'd go, <laughs> I'd call you like a space cadet. Because <laughs> if I'm honest, like you are, I think, some, I think when you're tired, you're just not in the room as much. Like... <laughs> Do you get what I mean? And I think when when you were on your tired days, especially on the mornings when we were like, let's go CrossFit that early time. And it, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't speak for an hour in the morning, may I say. I was like, Gav, you're right. Yeah. And it was just, Stop, it was just so dead. I was like, ready to go? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Gav's, Gav's not a morning person, is he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think mean, you've been, mate, you've been sound to live with. I, dad, I wouldn't mind living with you. Fucking my hell. dad always says, I've got no observational skills. I don't take in. Like you'd be like, I could get a new van, and you would, you would just walk past it. No, no sin. That's what I'm saying. You're a space cadet. You're like in in. So, and I don't. And I think when you're in it's social, because I think I am. You're some, very social. Yeah. No, you're very social, and like you're very socially aware. And I'll especially with conversations, good listener. Like you can't do this if you're fucking. Yeah. Uh, if you shit that, but, I do zone out sometimes. But you do. When I've noticed you just lit in your day to day life, like because you're doing business as well like you obviously heads in that i think you just and i think we all do it you just sometimes so zoned out and you just like my brain's not working today like that's yeah. always something i hear out of you like it was like with the other night we were like put on a film and i was like gav i can't put on my laptop you're like As, i'm not getting this set up yeah, like, i'm not. just gonna go listen to a podcast and i just sat there going why have it's because I knew I had to get that laptop out of like, so, that stupid fucking safe. And I was like, there's no way I'm trying oh, to... Oh, yeah, that... I mean, we could do a bigger safe. I agree. With a laptop. No chance I'm fucking doing gymnastics, trying to get my laptop out, then choosing a film. I don't even like films. You're a virgin when it comes to films with fucking... Virgin? What? AMDB list? All my, all my... Love Avengers <laughs> and all that. I couldn't think of anything worse. What's wrong with a bit of creativity in life? You know what I mean? The only films I like is if the guy's cool. Hence why I put on Drive by Ryan Gosling. So I'm like, he's cool as fuck. It, oh, it's either him Drive was good, but mate, I just think I love a bit of sci-fi and a bit of imaginary stuff. Um, at the moment, I'm reading Lord of the Rings. I'm on... See some, what I mean? Samarion. Yeah, it's amazing. Virgin. Um, <laughs> you definitely got that from me. I keep calling everyone a virgin. Fuck's sake. He's using my insults now. Um... But it is, I just love the details that go into it. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And and I think like, even Brad said about the new Avatar, mate, I cannot wait to see the new Avatar. It's going to be absolutely elite. It's either going to be elite or it's going to be a severe disappointment because the first one was just unbelievable. And that same stuff, it's just the detail that goes into it is amazing. How, how have you found ballet in general? We haven't actually had this conversation. How... Do you think it is compared to what you thought it would be? I actually think it's over-delivered for me. I genuinely didn't have these extreme expectations. Um, I also think I was sort of, because of the sort of place I was in, I wasn't really thinking about it too much. And 
it actually has been so good. Like I wouldn't live here because I just, I think I get bored of eating out all the time. Um, and yeah, I think eventually I would probably just miss the simple things like just being able to sh go to a food shop and get some high protein snacks or yeah, something. Yeah. But um, I do genuinely love it. I love the vibe. I like the the people in the community. Um, and I love that. I mean, I surf. So to get to the bottom of the island, it literally takes me half an hour to 45 minutes and you can have like a great surf and you've literally got so many beaches on the different sides of the island where even if basically whatever the conditions are, you've got a decent wave. And so I love that element. Like normally in England, I have to go down to Cornwall or something and it's freezing. Where here you can just go in yeah, a rash vest, mate, and it's boiling. You don't even think about, um, you know, the sea temperature. So I love it for that reason as well. Um, I've also never felt so normal in, in a place. Do you get oh, what I mean here? And I don't want to feel like I'm puffing myself up here, but everyone here is jacked and tanned and reasonably good looking like genuinely i think their heads are all fried as well though. their heads are fried like you know they always i say feel normal in a different sense i feel like i'm very centered and like have decent morals and values and then you speak yeah. to people here and like you're fucked mate. yeah i do i agree i think like when you when just having the conversations of the people that i've spoke to like they're all just still living in a a crazy world do you got like almost it's they, like a bubble it's they, like they yeah. become so obsessed with not giving a shit that almost they've gone too far <laughs> like they're almost they like, start giving a shit you look disgusting <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> what i mean like what the fuck are you talking about sort your life out like do you get and then that's where i think like for me previously coming out here like i definitely gave a shit a bit too much and i can see how this lifestyle even any coast even if you go to the coast in england like down to cornwall i think it's like that as well but happy yeah, it, it's very positive in the way that it um, it makes you stop giving a shit so much about certain things. But I think it's also very healthy to care about certain things. And I think some, most, a lot of the people here go the complete of a direction that they stop caring about their safety and fucking, I mean, the amount of people that I've seen drive literally 60 mile an hour on a, on a ped with no helmet on, it's just like, you're good, mate. It's just, it's just too far, isn't it? It's yeah. just too far. Like... Yeah, not a fan of that. Well, I don't like. This is just going to make this is going to make me sound so bad. This podcast, like, <laughs> I don't have health insurance. I must be the only person in this country without it. Once again, severely underprepared. Do you know I didn't do it in Asia as well until we got two weeks in. And I was traveling with this boy. There was five of us, three from England, one boy from Belfast, and the boy from Belfast used to drive like really slow, like miles behind everyone else and he was like them him i think he was like an accountant just to give some background an accountant yeah, sound yeah. really nice guy yeah but pretty tame like wouldn't be like we were all getting absolutely mangled doing yeah. stupid stuff and um, one of them had a rash on his stomach a boy from essex had a rash on nice. his stomach and convinced himself he had herpes that's the type of crowd that were hanging about if he actually went to a pharmacy and he was like do i have herpes and they were like yeah but they didn't know what you've seen <laughs> see like i i think like everyone around here is quite and i think it's any place you get quite a lot of surfers are quite adrenaline junkies so it makes no surprise it's no surprise to me that people are going around on motorcycles at fucking mental speeds in between yeah. the tightest of spaces and to be honest i'd be lying to say i don't enjoy it a little bit myself but like it's just a line <laughs> it's yeah. just a line of where you're like jesus but anyway, that you are living on the edge. So that Belfast boy 
was out one night he'd only had like one beer and he just like fell over and landed on all like just tripped on like a curb fell on like all of this smashed glass and he had about 12 stitches up his arm and i was like if you're really really tame and not clumsy and i'm getting absolutely mangled and i'm the clumsiest clumsiest guy in the world and i didn't tell any of them i didn't have health insurance so we were sitting yeah. on a ferry one day and i was sitting like trying to sort out health insurance and the belfast boy <laughs> was looking over my shoulder the full time and as we got off the boat he was like we sort out that yeah, health insurance it's definitely to be honest there's definitely a balance to be had with it though because i think if you care too much almost like trying too hard you try too hard to be safe you're going to constantly be, you probably yeah. are going to trip up. Like you probably are going to hurt yourself. It's a bit like on a bike. If you're unconfident, you know, like we know some people that are having flipping, dro flipping moped lessons and not, and still not getting on the road. We won't mention that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that is embarrassing. It's like a bike. Um, <laughs> and I do think if you worry about too much though, you genuinely are probably got more chance of getting hurt. And same on a, same on a moped. Like if you're unconfident, and you're driving around constantly hesitated and someone, you know, because people are just going to whiz past you taking over. By the way, Gavin McKinney didn't use his mirrors. I had to remind him five days in that, Gav, why is your, why is your side mirror facing the sky? Told you this before, Aaron. <laughs> I was watching for planes. <laughs> Not only that, right, every time someone would come round him to overtake, it would He's surprise him. He's laughing at me because he just knows. He knows, he knows. And it would surprise him. And I goes, you know, Gav, you know, Gav, it, it wouldn't surprise you if you actually had a mirror. That's what their mirrors are there for. And it was so funny because he made out they were broken, but turns out he was just unscrewing the mirror. And I was like, <laughs> Gav, mate, it's meant to be there. This is what I'm dealing with. And honestly, it's comedy gold. But look, he's fine. He's able. Hasn't fallen off his ped yet. All right. You're doing well. My other mate that I've been traveling with, Jamie, he's the one that does freestyle. Yeah. He's the Northern Irish version of me. So mm -hmm. when we go traveling, like that's what it's like. But both of us are like that. <laughs> we were in Australia and we were going from Melbourne to Brisbane and we were trying to check in for ages. We were also still drinking, so we were steaming. And we were trying to check in for like 20 minutes, but it was like a self-check-in for your bag. Yeah. And we were like sitting there for ages and it just wouldn't go through. And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with this thing? <laughs> and then we had to get someone to come over. <laughs> and the guy the guy was like, yeah, um, it's not working because you have your foot on it and it thinks it's too heavy. <laughs> we were just like, all right. <laughs> you see this face? No surprise. Because it just doesn't surprise me, to be honest. Oh. I, when When we waited half an hour your bag i genuinely thought that you probably just put it on the wrong plane <laughs> but like no surprise you see this face no surprises here this is gavin mckinney we're talking about but i kind of like living life on the edge that's what i'm saying like i like get myself in problems and try to figure them out there genuinely is a balance to be had with it because you're going to stress yourself out so extremely if you're going to try and control everything and make sure everything's right where you've just got to look at it and go i'll be organized but at the same time if it goes wrong I couldn't really give a shit. I know it's going to be okay. And it'll probably be a great story to tell. As I said, we're having a great crack just talking about this fucking blogger. Every time I try to get in a country with that COVID vaccine letter, that's like, because I can't go on any of the apps. Yeah. And I remember that guy, when we were going to that shopping center, he was like, have you got the app? And I was like, oh, fuck it, I can't get on the apps, mate. And then he was like, what was it? He asked me two questions and I basically gave him both answers that he didn't want. He was like, stop, just go on. Was it? Yeah, like, so here... And if you go into a shopping centre, they still want you to wear a mask and they want you to be vaccinated. So he was like, yeah. have you got a mask? And I was like, nah. And he was like, have you got your vaccine passport? And I've only got a letter and it's in the safe. And I was like, nah. And he was just like, go on. I was like, cheer, mate. 
Yeah, well, you had to fill out that. That's efficient. Fill out that app as well, didn't you? That that app to confirm. Oh no, I did. I'm actually sick. I'm sick of the amount of paperwork you have to do to go places. That's yeah. and that's my least favorite thing, as you know, is paperwork. <laughs> Once again, unprepared. Honestly, <laughs> paperwork. This guy, I've only got a letter for my COVID. Uh, my COVID I can't vaccine. get on the apps. Everyone Doesn't... else has got just that nice little pass on their phone. Not Gavin McKinney. No, 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 no. No, no, no. For some reason for me, Aaron, it took me six months to just get a letter. Okay. All right. You some, know what Something tells to me, me I'm, I'm prepared from what I've seen. I went through three weeks of hell trying to get that. It was <laughs> yeah, the worst, right. three, worst three weeks of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, I love it. Got double jabbed and no proof for it. It was as if I didn't Did you get the booster? Nah, they were trying to get me to get the Did I thought, what's going on? What's wrong with the booster? Because they were trying to get me to get the booster so that it let's would come. Ca- let's get him cancelled. So that it would come. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Got two of my jabs in England. Yeah. But I hadn't read. Of course, I didn't bother the full time I was living in London. Mm-hmm. This is just me. I didn't get my doc. Didn't change my doctors down in England because I was like, I don't get sick, so Repetitive. that'll be fine. Went and got my two walk-in jabs in England. Mm. Um, I also had to lie on the ground for the first one because I'm scared of needles. <laughs> They're the tiny, tiny. I just, you know, I really don't get the fear of needles, oh, man. Because get snaps in your arm or something, you die. Mate, when I had my shoulder done, they put one this big down my neck, and you didn't even feel a thing. So I don't get it. I had to get these through <laughs> teeth. Oh, that hurts. I'll give you that. That. The ones in the gum when they numb you. Yeah, that hurts. Then not for me. I went to a special place and got put to sleep. You're fucking joking, mate. No. You got, what did, what did they do? They they actually jabbed me here. Right. And it put me to sleep. And then they took my teeth <laughs> Yeah, out. that's a general anesthetic. I was like, I'm not letting you jag me in the, in the mouth. There's absolutely no way there's any needles going in my mouth whilst my eyes are open. I love it. You're such an outgoing person, but inside you're a deep down drama queen, aren't you? I've got a few quirks. Yes. Is there any other quirks you've noticed about me? Because I feel like you spend um, quite a bit of time oh, with me. Let's talk about your secret eating. I'm not secret. Gavin McKinney is a secret eater. He might not be a fat kid anymore, but you still can't take it out of him. <laughs> All right. He, 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 listen to this, right? One, he has to have breakfast. All right. If he doesn't have breakfast, even worse. It's non-negotiable. It, it, yeah, it's <laughs> like, all right, you're just setting off a bomb. You then also, you then also this, listen to this, right? If he can't get to sleep, he has to eat something in the middle of the night, right? To then get him to sleep. What are them, what are them fucking things you've been eating, them snacks? And like, I'm not a snacker, right? The little um, wafer things. How many, do you go through two, two in two days? Let's just, there has to be plenty of stock available. Might all freak out. This guy, honestly, I've never, when, I've just never, I remember we, so in our place we're staying, like our rooms are opposite each other. We literally like look each other in the eye as we talk to other clients. It's kind of creepy to be honest. Yeah, it, is. it is. You don't like it, do you? Well, I make sure that one of the blinds is <laughs> One of the blinds is shut. I have both blinds open, like bring it on, come oh, on, right. let's have a staring contest. Um, But I'm literally in there for an hour and I think Gavin's made four trips to the to the fridge just to have a few few little little one of his bars. He's just constantly on on sugar. Looks I, I don't think I can go like twenty minutes without something being in my mouth. Well, that's what you said to me because I said to him, I was like, maybe you should try not having breakfast. He's like, mate, I get hypo. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He got, he, he walked up this, he walked up these stairs from Greenbull, which is like a, a beach just on a massive cliff. You have to go down. So honestly, these steps, big workout. But Ga Gav was freaking out when his legs started wobbling. He's well, like, I got to the top and tried to put my shoe on. I was like, like that, mate. <laughs> and I'm not. That's not even an exaggeration. No, that's what it's no, like. No. And I was like, mate, trying to... when I had to go up and down there twice, horrendous. I totally agree with you there. But you are a secret eater, and it's been quite thrilling to um, see it. If I'm honest. Witness, witness the behaviours. Yeah, I think I don't realise how weird I am until I go out. Like, because my dad's just got you. My dad thinks I'm a freak with stuff like that. And it, I, but just get meeting other people. Like I was telling them the story on my last. Well, I had a comedians on, and they didn't really know me. And I was telling them stories about how the last girl I've seen, I had to like go. If we had like a pizza or something greasy i would have to shower after it yeah, yeah. if i get grease on my face i like start freaking out i have to shower i've just got and like every time i've had like a girlfriend i just notice how weird some of the things i do are. you're an own child aren't you yes i think that says it all <clears throat> i think because you don't have siblings and people to go you're fucked up <laughs> you, you just you, you just build these you build these innate ways and it's probably like the same way you're a bit of a space cadet as well it's like I'm not being. Well, let's I'm not being. Right, hang move, back on move that your, Move your mic close. So I, I want to look in your eyes when I want to insult you. Um, no, I'm joking. But all it is, um, is I think when you're an only child, like you're used to making your own, making your own, yeah, company in a way, and doing your own things. And I think that's why you, because this is when we first came out, right? I was just like, you know, as you are when you come out with someone, you're accustomed to doing things with that person. But Gavin made it very fucking clear <laughs> from the get go. It's like as you can go there on your own. I can go there on your own, on my own. I was like, all right, mate. It's like, okay. Like just, and to be fair, like it wasn't as bad as that, but I, I was like, I think I get the message, Gav. All right, mate, sweet. But Gav loves to do things on his own. Like, and it's just, if you make him do something he doesn't want to do, <laughs> fuck me. I can't wait till this bloke gets in a relationship. It's going to be, it's going to be the arguments you're going to have. You want me to go and do something? Well, this is my day. This is the thing, but I do. That's one thing I can, reason why I can tell you're a, uh, an only child. My last girlfriend worked with her, got mm. the train back war because they get putting us on the same shifts. When they put us on the same, same shifts, had the same breaks with her and work. She stayed at mine or I stayed at hers every weekend. And I took two days off of work told everyone I was sick. She figured out I wasn't sick and was fucking fuming at me. I just wanted two days. <laughs> two days on my own, Away please. from everything. This is what I mean. It's so interesting with you because you are, I think you're so extroverted in a way. Like, I think... Some I mean, people think I'm not I think, bad. I think I'm me like... and you get a lot of energy from other people. Like, mm. I, I wouldn't say being on my own gives me energy. I've had enough of that. I like, with how I was living and working in England, like, I like being around people. And, um, but I think... I don't know what they call it when you like a bit of your own space. I think everyone does. I, I don't believe sir, like people don't. I think it's nice sometimes just sit on the sofa for, you know, two or so hours and just be like, it oh, depends. no one's speaking to me. It depends with me. Like when you're saying I was adamant about like you doing stuff, you like and doing it on your own when it was stuff. I like anything to do with your surfboard, I'm nowhere near it. <laughs> You were like, right, I'm gonna go buy a surfboard, yeah. and I was, like, and you were like, right, we're gonna go here, and I was like, no, you're gonna go there. Yeah, that was that was the one. Gav, can we just go? No, 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 as you go there, I'll see you back at the, uh, I'll see you back at the place. And I was like, fair enough. 
Hey, but this is what I said. This is why the, the friendship works is because like, it's no, like, because you could talk about it like a relationship, really. Yeah, it is. It is though, isn't is. it? Like people, the problem so much why people don't know where they stand with people or why people get frustrated is because they have these annoyances and they don't voice them. Mm -hmm. And what you're actually good at, and I think both sides are actually good at, is going, do you know what? Like, no, fuck off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go do my own shit. And yeah. you could go off and do it. And to be fair, I did drag you and Brad along the, to the beach the other day when I went surfing. And it was... Yeah, see what I mean? I sat in a cave with Brad for like an hour. It was fine, right? You had a great chat. I, yeah, but if I was, imagine I was on there on my own. Thank me. What? Imagine I was on there on my own, just getting harassed. Yeah, I mean, she buy. was. They do harass you here, some of the old ladies, bless them. They rub your calf just, even when you don't ask, and it's horrible. It's like a vicious they rub your scrap, calf? mate. When I when I went there the other day, they were just grabbing my calf and just, and I was like, no. So I've developed this ability in Bali to just not, I wouldn't say be rude, but be very clear. So like you go past a massage, play massage, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, just no. Like, no, it's like, or no thank you if I'm being, if I feel really nice, but you just got to be clear because otherwise, they just don't stop. They won't, they won't stop. They're relentless. Coconut? No, no. I no, think it's alright no. when you're on holiday, but when you're here non-stop, then I, I just... Yeah, you look, when you're actually like living here, not like you've been here for a week, when you're here for a couple of months, you just eventually you're going to be sick of it. So you know the way we were talking about online coaching, we'd always be like, we need, and then because we're both extroverted, I've said this a million times on the podcast, I didn't want to do like just solely online coaching or not for a long phase anyway, because I... Yeah. Unless and always need something that's socializing. Coming out here has made not made me change my mind, but made me realize like the positives to it. Just that you can you can actually go away and we don't actually have to online coach in our house and we can actually go away. Jenk, there's anywhere I think this has changed your mind about stuff like that. Jenk, you would try anywhere else other than Bali? Um yeah, definitely. I'd be open to a lot of places to be honest. Um I think the big transition in perspective when you come to a place like this is you automatically now work to live as opposed to live to work you know i talk about what i've been like for the last year in england it's like groundhog day man every day was the same uh you know i'd spend all day working because there was just fucking nothing else to do and you're on autopilot all the time we're here you you want to go and do things as i said like i wake up in the morning oh gavin's fucking in the land of nod i'm there i'll just go surfing and on your own on my own not with gavin because he <laughs> wouldn't like that um and uh, genuinely it's so great and that's the probably the difference and the transition that i think is so important um you know and that's why i definitely do it in a lot of places but i do think bali is pretty special for that you know bearing in mind the amount of people that come here for that is because one the surf's great you know you don't get that a lot of places no if you know anything about surf but also like it's nope, not i intend on learning none <laughs> <laughs> and it's also not expensive i mean you could what you could we eat out three days uh three meals a day and on average you're probably spending 15 to 20 pounds depending on where you go in um protein is extremely expensive over here as, as gavin states you need to get a mortgage out for to get some, <laughs> some protein and we're even having like one to two shakes a day just to keep up the keep up the gains twice a day i'm nearly sick in the pool yeah <laughs> Trying to get my protein it is vile, mate. It is. Well, we're not going to mention the brands, but it's it's not good. It isn't. It isn't good, it's is it? Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty shit. But there's no other way of getting protein unless you want a hoof checking down your throat. Agreed. And um, yeah, as I said, I think Bali is a good destination for it. I think 
Today, when I talk, we've spoke about when I've lost a, my lost the plot when I came back from Australia. Mm. That was the shift back the way, and that's why I struggled so much when I moved to Australia. I, I always get it mixed up. Worked to live, and then when we came back straight away, I was living to work and doing it back the way. It's refreshing doing it, changing, but yeah. doing it back the way is like yeah, you I, lose I, the plot. I can imagine it. But, well, it's very easy to you know. It's one thing when I go home, I probably want to change up a few things. Because I just think it needs changing up. Like, if I genuinely want to be, it's like, I feel how, like, I've been so productive since I've been over here. Um, definitely probably want to break from face-to-face coaching. Like, I've done it for the last three years. Um, but it's, yeah, how productive and how much I'm enjoying and my energy levels here in comparison to at home is is a different, it's a different gravy. And I think, I'm not going to lie, it's amazing having a two-month break from, boring winter in england having eight, eight hours of sunlight you know here it's even if it's raining it's boiling it's warm you know god i'm getting plenty of sun i'm trying to get a tan but it's yeah it's, it's not going that great but um yeah it's i think it all plays into it quite frankly and i think even if you go to australia i think why so many people are in that same lifestyle is because the weather is good and i think i wouldn't i wouldn't like to say to people because i think i wouldn't like to say weather is a the, the big differentiator but because people are in cold countries and fucking loving life. But I think it does massively play into it, especially if you think about summer in England, there is there is more to do mm-hmm. than there is winter. Winter is like hibernation time. So Tony was one of the, the last few episodes, my old coach. By the way, that episode's done class. So sound this guy. Yeah, I listened to that. Going to have it's him good. on again. But he said one thing that, and I didn't disagree with him enough. I'm just not, I just don't <laughs> like debating. But he said, if you're not happy back home, moving won't change that. So you need to make yourself happy at home. And I actually couldn't disagree with him more because when you're at home, you're stuck. You've got so many things that are so difficult to get out of, like your family, like your friendship groups, like your work status. When you move to a different country, you're forced to find new places mm. so you're forced to find new friends forced to find new environments the weather will probably be better and it actually gets you out of the thing you're stuck in so mm, agree. that's why a lot of people do go to australia and never want to come home because they're at, they actually so are it's like happy. they're living in a trance of like a new life that's just a bit better you can literally go to that country and you won't change you won't like your personality won't change massively i felt like i could be more myself over there because i felt like i was stuck I had I didn't have proper good friends in Glasgow at the time. I do now. That's why I'm actually quite happy. Yeah. Now. But at the time, I still had like schoolmates, and they were dead cliquey in that. Yeah. And then I didn't really have any other mates, and all my mates were from freestyle, and they were all around like the UK mm. and different countries and stuff. So I just didn't have it. And I, when I went out with people, sometimes you wouldn't get invited out because there's people that didn't like you there. Oh and all yeah, that. fuck that shit. So uh, I think that, and I pro- if I never moved away, I'd have probably got stuck in that because when you're in it, it's so hard. Like, what was I going to do at 21? Like, go join it. It's very hard to like, and then when I came back from Asia, I made loads of friends and then I worked in a bar and then I made different mates there. And that was the first time I was like, ah, right, okay, I can actually make different mates and get out of that bubble. But mm-hmm. f- moving away forces you out of it. And that shift straight away from working to live rather than living to work happens instantly. You go out, you do a eight-hour bar shift in Melbourne, 
you come back and people are like, do you want to go for a barbecue on the beach? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do yeah, that? Yeah. You do that at home. You're like, do you want to watch fucking The Chase with your dad? <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that. I think what you're saying is absolutely right. I think, I think what Tony's probably implying is, you know, eventually you're going to have to learn to find a place where you settle down, you enjoy the mundane life and it's got what you've wanted. Um, and to be honest, like, I wouldn't say I'm ever running away from where I live because, you know, I do have some great friends there. I have some good friendship groups. Like, I would never say that's the problem um, at all. I, at the same time, I love meeting new people. Like, it's just, it's great. Like, I think you learn so much from people. And that's one reason why I do in very much enjoy going places. And, you know, what you were saying about Australia reminds me very similar to New Zealand. It's just a different lifestyle. And the difference is, and I think this is why so many people go to Australia or go to New Zealand, is that people are just nicer. That's it, you know. And you talk a reason why so many people in the like Western world or whatever have got loads of social anxiety and all this shit, right? It's because people walk past people in the street and don't say hello. Don't that's, say, how's your day? That's probably they where you... fucking look at you like you're about to rob them. I, I went for a walk around where, where I lived. from in Southern, in I, Southern England. Yeah, I, well, like in the Midlands I live, right? And I was walking, I was just going for a walk in the morning and this woman, like, I try and say hello to as many as possible. To be honest, the old ladies, they're the best ones. I was like, good morning, how are you? Like, you know, it's quite nice, but the there's like a middle-aged woman. She looked like, looked like I was about to stab her or something. And I was just like, I'm not going to... What? Like, and it, that's the, and I think that's the issue. I genuinely believe like that is the main reason, the difference probably from living in the, where I live in the UK and living in somewhere like Australia and New Zealand. It's just a, such a big community feel going to the place that you live, especially in, so when I lived in New Zealand, moved over there when I was 20, lived there for eight weeks, uh, eight weeks, eight months. And, um, you know, I just felt such part of a community and, and yeah. a tribe. And I feel like, that's what everyone, you know, you, everyone's missing. You know, you talk about that book, we both read it and we go in a hurry about lost connections and stuff. And he's saying like, people are feeling so shit about themselves because they just don't feel part of anything anymore. And I think that's why Australia, New Zealand, that area is so, you know, people look and enjoy it so much is because of the, the yeah, connections want, in the community. People want to help you out so much when you're in these places because you're all in the same boat. Then also, like, when you're in Australia, you just don't give a fuck about any sort of status stuff. Yeah. Like, none. You, but people, Aussies do. If you're in Sydney, all the Aussies care about their status. <laughs> yeah. The backpackers. Finding the community, right, people. Back, isn't the it, yeah. people on visas do not give a fuck. Like, yeah, they'll tell. Yeah. We're all, mate, we used to, probably shouldn't say this when I'm going to Australia in two weeks. <laughs> we all used to. Let's just say. Can I just say, Gavin just said he's going to Australia in two weeks. He's He's going a week today. This is this is the issue. All right, he's getting it. He's he's still. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not a man about dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's missing his flight. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, let's go on. I'll remind you. Let's just say we used to like. In fact, actually, there's some rules, and this happened in a different country, right? Go on. We used to misplace stuff when you were going through the shopping center, and it was a big thing. Like as in, like this the thing. This thing that you would scan things on wouldn't understand the weight. You know if you Yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah. As soon as you put someone Is that you, a bit like is that a bit like um a bit like in Tesco when you just like it's like 
assistance needed. Yeah, yeah. So and in the, the UK, bird, as soon as it feels a pin on there, it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things scream around. It's like, alert, alert, <laughs> unexpected, item yeah. in the bag. Near. I've got a thug. This is and a thug. In Australia, the voice may as well go, I don't fucking know what's on that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's like, yeah, I, so, so chill. That's what the backpackers were like. People were just used to. Yeah, I, I'm I do. very nervous about saying stuff like that because the laws in this country, if you steal, are mad. So this was a long time ago in a different country, and right. it wasn't me; it was people and all. Gavin the fuck. Either way, um, no, I do, uh, I do genuinely believe that is the big, big difference. And uh, yeah, I like even just going back to what Tony said. I can, I do sort of understand what he's saying. Because I know so many people that travelled multiple countries and are doing it into their thirties and still looking for something. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you looking for, mate? The the life that you probably want is right under your feet. You're just still looking for something. And uh and I think it's got a lot to do with relationships. I think it's got a lot to do with, you know, having the right people around you. I've travelled to Portugal and it was probably the most unhappy, you know, I lived there for three months playing rugby, probably the most unhappy I was at been because there was just nothing to do even in portugal so like you know I, I wouldn't say i met some good people there and stuff but i just day to day there wasn't yeah. the things that i desired so i think what a lot of people are looking for in this world is probably a day full of doing the things they want to do that allows them to do the job they want to do and is surrounded by the people they want to be with my flight test joe you're really in a week <laughs> yeah it's on friday bro well here wait let me that's when in rapid. Yeah, it's on the ninth, right? I thought I was still here for another month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for another month. Oh, you're um, gonna, are you coming back? Yeah, I'm going to come back. Oh, this is another thing. This is another thing that happened. I was so interested about, I was uh, planning to go on Australia, but I'm not going to bother now because I just can't bother to go over to Australia. And Gavin was like, again, he's like, you don't have to come with me. And he's like, and he's like, because I was like, I didn't want to put pressure on him, but I always wanted to come back to Bali and do two months because I genuinely that's, in love That's it. why I said that though, because before we even came here, you were like, I want to do two months here. And I was like, I probably don't. That's why I was quite... I just, like so just so we're on the same page. You're setting your stones, mate. You're setting your boundaries. It's yeah, a very healthy thing, mate. Cemented in the ground. Fair like, play to you. I, I don't it. think I was always like this. Do you know what I think? See, got see what you're talking about with the organisation thing and all that. Yeah, my dad's very much like that, and I think I've just went. I love my dad, so close to him. But I think a lot of what I've done is against. You rebelled. You rebelled. He wanted me to be an electrician, or like he wanted me to get a trade out of school. I was like, absolutely fucking not. Do you know what I mean? That's what you're earning cash right now, like. I'd not be enough terrible are, not at enough it, people are doing it. I'd be terrible. I can't. They asked me to change a light bulb in the pub I was working in Melbourne. I just grabbed it and smashed it. Heavy hands, like heavy hands, Gav. I mean, yeah. So I, I think that's a lot of my upbringing, and as well, like my mum was quite torturous to live with. So I think I went against what she like. We used to argue all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I think I went against a lot of what she said. See, when you read that Johan Harry book, mm. what was like the? Because there was moments when I was reading it that were like genuinely epiphany moments. Um, and it's not like it's not a self help book. It was just so, I just felt like I hadn't heard it put in those ways. And it caused, I think it depends when you read a book as well, what state you're in. Because yeah, even yeah. the Mark I've Man read books twice and I feel like the second time was a completely different take from what I've Mark Manson's the first. Mark are not giving a fuck. Mate, first, second time, different book. First time I read it, I'd, I'd, been in a, I'd been in Melbourne for like four months. I was the happiest 
I, like I'm happy right now. Like I'm really happy. Like or content. Mm. I don't like the word happy. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just I just don't have any struggles and I'm quite content yeah. with what I'm doing as long as I don't get dragged to My go. My favorite surfing. chapter of that book, by the way, is number three. You are not special. Look, I remember chapters. I'm remembering, but I remember reading it and just going, the, the, I don't know what I've just read. Yeah, yeah I just exactly. read a load of fucking gobbledygook shit. Mm. And then when I came back from Australia, and I broke. Like I, I didn't really have like a real bad breakup, but like I came back from Australia, I was gutted about coming home from Australia. Came back into the second lockdown, snowing and all sorts. Lot and I had lockdown, no mates. Well, not no mates, but like just couldn't really go out and about. And then I read that book and I was like, Jesus, that's a different book, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think for me, I look at, so I read it quite recently and I look at it in completely different light. Um, I think it's a, a genuinely a brilliant book. Like if I could give it to so many people, I would. Um, the big take for me is I feel like, you know, it's such a great point that we just need to learn to stop giving a fuck about certain things. And I think why we're driving ourselves as people so insane half of the time is because we care about shit that just doesn't matter, man. And I'm the same. I'm, you know. I said something to you, but I think, it, like, I genuinely think you had a moment where you were like, he's so right, where you were giving a fuck, up, like, I won't say anything about what it is, but you were giving yeah, a fuck about something. About and I the went, fault and responsibility. And, yeah, and I was. Mate, like, biggest take I got from that. No, but I was I said something to you the other day, and I was like, why are you caring about that? And you went, you're right. I was like, <laughs> I don't care about it. It proves my ego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah. I'm, mate, I, I, totally, but I said it to I you totally and you were agree. like, I don't. <laughs> this is why it's good. This is why it's a great relationship. You know, it just keeps me on, keeps me on the burn, but, and he keeps me honest, but it's so right. Like, I, the biggest take that I took from that book is people, you know, I think, and I think this is where business can fuck you up a bit. Like, definitely for me, because I was not like it before. I, I feel like when you do a business, work on something, I feel that, you learn to understand that the details matter. You learn to sweat the details. You learn to realize that them little things can make up the big things, can make you achieve great things, right? Yeah, like the first five seconds of your video. Yeah, and and exactly. And this happened to me with my Don't Be a Dick content. Like I just got so obsessed with making it right. It was taking me two hours to do three videos. And the amount of stress and the amount of the amount of shit that was causing me, it was just ridiculous. And 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 I just think that the reason why so many people are so stressed out, we're so, so anxious or whatever it is, is because we just, we're caring too much. And it's going to happen. I mean, we're, we're the most educated apes we've ever been. <laughs> like, we are. We're so educated now. And we, we've got answers on our phones. We, you know, it's almost like the surfing aspect of things and even the weather. As everyone goes back to surfing, by the way, you'll get used to surfing. Either way. Instead of just going to the beach and just going, let's just see what the surf's like today and just take it as it is, we have to make sure we know the forecast. We have to make sure we know that if the rain's coming, why can't we just go and enjoy the fucking day and just and just take on, if it rains, it fucking rains and we deal with it. But the problem is now we're projecting, we're, you know, we're projecting what things are going to happen before they've even happened. That is literally the, that is the definition of anxiety that's the definition of stress yeah you're trying to predict what's already happening because you've got a phone that tells you and you're trying to do that with every aspect of your life i'm so guilty of it but it's the thing that i would say if you can take away from that book is that that just go with flow man just and like some days that's one thing i do like about you you're so prepared that it does it because it doesn't stress about as much and sometimes if you are so prepared 
you're just fucking yourself in the long run. Yeah, my dad never believes how unprepared I am. He just can't believe <laughs> I, it. To be honest, my parents think I'm so overfed. Like, and if I showed them you, they would disown you. Simple as that. <laughs> there was a moment where my dad was dropping me off at Edinburgh Airport. And you just rang me saying, here, you need a flight out of Indonesia to get in. Fuck's sake. And I just answered the phone. And my dad had just went, can you smell burning? And he just dropped me off, got out of the car, realised, and it's my car as well. Well, not my car, but like my dad, like we're sharing it. Yeah. Um, that 06 one. So mm-hmm. I've only been driving it for like two months as well. Wonder why I struggled with filling up with petrol, eh? Go on. <laughs> and uh, that he realised that the tyres on the car were burning. I don't know how that happens, but the burning smell was, we, we were driving, we smelled it like 10 the minutes tarback. before. The tarback's definitely not too hot in Scotland. We, we, yeah, out. no, definitely not. <laughs> Wait, we smelled it like 10 minutes before and I, he was like, that definitely won't be this car. Like, there won't be. And then I got out of the car, you were on the phone to me saying, you need a flight out, in, out of Indonesia. And he was sitting going, um, the, the burning smell is definitely the car. I mean, <laughs> and him were looking at each other and I was like, you sort that out. I'll sort this out. Like, it's defensive. Aaron, Aaron, I'm struggling. No, I was with him. Honestly, he, he, even when we were having that call in the airport, because we again, we, we were both unprepared for this. Lack of lack of research. Yeah, I'm not going to um, for that one. Yeah, but it was funny because Gav was like, are you not stressed out? I'm severely stressed out right now. I was like, this, this, this isn't good for me. And I was just like, I'm all right with it, to be fair. I was like, but I know what you mean. So the, my heart rate's going. The only thing that stresses me out is airports. I've just had quite a few bad experiences. Yeah, mostly my fault. That doesn't surprise me. One time, I was getting a flight home from London. St- I hate that airport with a passion. Where? Stansted in London. Stansted or Gatwick, mate? Hor- Gatwick's fine. Stansted's horrible. It's all right if you live in There's London. Gatwick's all right if you live in London, mate. If you're north got of London. Or- They've not got enough seats for the place. <laughs> anyway, I was there, f- and I was there two hours early, and uh, f- um, I was waiting on the gate to come up. And the gate came up, got a train to the gate, and it was like gate A8 or something, can't remember what gate mm-hmm. it was. Got there and it said EasyJet Geneva on it. And I was like, isn't that, is this not the flight to Glasgow? And they were like, no, it's Geneva. Because <laughs> it says Geneva on <laughs> it. With G. Yeah. And I was like, where's the flight to Glasgow? And they were like, gate two. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound close. <laughs> <laughs> How can you get that wrong? Like, Do you know what happened? As the two gates came up, Glasgow and Geneva flight were at the same time, both EasyJet. And you've looked across and gone. The boards, ah. yeah, I basically had a bit of a... Yeah, the one below. Yeah, you need. You should have got your ruler out. Is that what you're saying? There we go. Listen, I think it's undiagnosed dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, I'm, mate, I got... What did I get? I, uh, I've anyway, got a bit of a diagnosis of that, to be I fair. I still... I managed to get the flight. I get... Uh, they're taken across the runway. One other guy that from Glasgow had done the same thing. <laughs> And we only still caught the flight because it got the boarding got delayed by fifteen minutes. So I've just done some, and I, the, I'm not gonna lie, all the vaccine stuff really stresses me out. All these different forms and all that. I don't know why. It's just there's so much paperwork. I hate paperwork. <laughs> like even the woman next to me, like when I had to do like the locator form or whatever from here, yeah, she yeah. was watching me and I was like, "Take it." The answer is no to all these questions. <laughs> and I was just like, that. "Oh yeah, I remember you did." Why well, you said that? You just said debate. Just say no to them all, Aaron. It's like, because I did. And I was like, okay, I won't read them then. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Mate, as I said, though, it if you want to have some good stories to tell, you can't be in control of everything all the time. Yeah, that, well, that is the fun also, part. I'm start, I kind of living my life the way I would usually live it anyway, but I kind of like it because I, I like having, I've always been the type of person that likes to have 
stuff to talk about or stories to tell or whatever. Oh, mate, my mate, my, my uh, group of mates, they're a bit older than me. Um, and I was, I was, I remember we spent time, I was single at the time and we just went around my friend's house and in Warwick and he, and they all just said like, Aaron's just a storyteller. Cause I was just coming up with these stories, like working in Avatar. <laughs> That's what they were, they'd take the piss out of me. And then, cause they're not, then as soon as I start talking, they're like, oh, here we go, Abattoir. Like they're just, they're just, they know that I'm just gonna come out of a story. But like, I sit there and I go, Lisa got something to say. Yeah. That's like, and, it, and it's the best part. Like you're gonna remember stories and none of the stories I remember, I'll be honest, started from things going how they should have gone or not having a drink and things going wrong. Like I love that. That's not advocating being an absolute loose cannon, but what my point is, you got to let you got to let go of it. Yeah, have it. You got to you know you got to let your hair if down. You, and if you can't come back from Asia, worst story, you're a failure. I mean, what are you been doing? Um, today we moved on to the sort of not giving a fuck. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about lost connections. Go so see when you were reading that, mm -hmm. did you have any moments where you were like that's so right? Because I was like, you know, I cried twice reading that book. Yeah, fuck. I mean. I'll be honest, it was before that I'd had any sort of, any sort of issues mental health wise. So I didn't probably connect to it as much as I could have. I was more thinking about, that's what it's like for other people. Right. And, uh, and you know, a big one was the grief exception. Like big one realizing that, you know, if you're having like depressive symptoms, anxiety symptoms, and you've just lost a person, you haven't got, you know, you're not got depression or anything mm -hmm. like that. You just, you've just lost someone who's a big part of you. And, um, you know, that's going to make you feel a bit empty. You've just lost part of you really, haven't you? It's going to take time to hit for that to heal up and stuff. And that, that was a big thing that I took about it. But I also, I just took a lot with the general, the message in general that I think the problem is now we spend less time with people more than ever before we're on our phones more than ever before we we don't actually have a conversation anymore because it's just too easy to drop them a message and just go hello and like i think people should be partly i think people should be shit texters i think they should but i think they should make a fucking effort to see people and i think the problem now is people self like isolate themselves you know they don't go and see their friends they don't make that effort when it comes to a journey oh it's you know it's fucking half one hour away my like, mate what the fuck are you doing mm -hmm. do, you, do you know and for me i don't think having a you know don't face facetime's pretty good keeps you pretty connected across the globe with your family and stuff and it is nice but it's just not the same no and zoom and all that shit it, it's I, I it's not the same like we know that we know that sometimes from you know as much as our business is great and doing online coaching helps facilitate our life and helps us deliver a good service that helps people get in shape. Like face-to-face -face coaching is still a different kettle of fish in a way. And, um, you know, I do think that's the message that I took from it is, I mean, I've always think I've been quite, I value a lot of my friends and I think my friends probably know that anyway. I think they do. I don't think anyone of my friends would probably go, Aaron just cares about himself. I've always tried to be out there with people because I think I just know how important they are. Um, from my own personal experiences, like you need people there for you. And I think it's just great to just go, mate, do you want to go for a coffee? I remember one of my friends saying like, he was living in Glasgow and you know, he's- Big uh, up. What? Big yeah, up. yeah, he's living in Glasgow and- um, Did he have a boat? <laughs> great story. <laughs> no, he fucking didn't. Not on the locks. <laughs> fucking hell. Um, we're not going to- 
anyway anyhow um like and he i hadn't come up and seen him yet in glasgow i actually did eventually go and see him when i came up and saw gav as well and did the first podcast but like when he came down i just dropped a message say hey bro let's go for a coffee and like just don't feel people do that enough like mm. we only see people in crowds or we don't see people at all now and, and we don't make an effort to actually just have that one-on-one -on -one conversation to go hi hey, hey, how are things going mate like to discuss whether people's you know relationships are going well or whether they're genuinely happy in the job they're doing or or whether they're you know enjoying where they're at or just having a fucking great crack yeah you can't laugh like even we've had on this podcast already like i've not been funny we've had so many moments i feel like a lot of it's been at the expense of myself <laughs> <laughs> it has i mean you've kind of been a bit of a yeah i'd agree but i feel like even outside of this we've had so many chats where we just we just giggle at some of the stupid shit that we see people talking about their boats on the fucking locks you know like it's funny moments a fucking cleaner killing our mantis <laughs> oh mate I was, do you know what? It was the nicest. I was literally taking videos and sending it to my friends, put it on my story and everything. And then Gavin's just messaged me like, mate, the cleaners just assassinated our <laughs> mantis, praying mantis and everything. And apparently she's hit it 30 times with a broom. Did, honestly, one of the most traumatizing things I've ever seen. If oh, you can why? imagine a mantis, right? I would just sit on here, just like, cut, not cutting about, just chilling out. I'd seen him, he like went in there like the flowers, could barely see him. He was just chilling there like that. He was like, having a good time cleaner <laughs> comes so in Scott. i'm having a good time cleaner comes in takes them off puts them in the ground yeah gets a broomstick and just like the scene now in between us with neil and the fish just hammers this praying mantis and i'm just sitting there on the couch like i think it's dead i just i think you've killed it i think the first hit it was dead i'm glad i'm not there for that because i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a nature person to be honest we're um, actually on about going to the zoo that's that's in our yeah, itinerary isn't class. it that'll be class but yeah, going, going back to the point before fucking our cleaner assassinated Mantis is people just need to have more time and actually make an effort with people. And I feel like we don't because we're so stuck in our phones a bit. And yeah. that's one thing that I really enjoy. And I don't know if, and that's why I don't have to drink when I go out. I've, You know what? My mates will know this. I, I think I developed the, I wouldn't call it an ability, but some, a lot of people would because they can't feel like they can't do it. I was playing, obviously, I was playing rugby. It's not obvious, but I was playing rugby a lot when I was, you know, 18 years old and thinking, chasing the dream, thinking I was going to be a professional rugby player. So I didn't go out and drink, uh, you know, if I actually wanted to be at social occasions. And I actually, from doing that, I realised there's a lot more value in actually just being there, being present, being sober. And you know, there's a lot to enjoy in it. And I think just having chats with people is just amazing. I'm getting there. You're you are. You said to me you were like, I'm feel like I'm moving towards it because we're going we're going single fins bar, which is on a is in a Luatu on a cliff and And uh, if anyone who knows me in the past knows single fins would have been like I'd have been in the dance room. <laughs> like, <laughs> not gunning and not Is that I'm good? Not I guess actually, I actually wasn't bad for that. I was just no. bad for paints. Just paints, paints, paints. I still love the taste of a paint, but do you know what I just I've Only I've al I also listened to a lot of a lot of audiobooks, a lot of podcasts, and just like Chris Williamson was talking about it as well. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like I probably had a lot of false confidence with women through a drink. 100%. Like, or not even false. Like, I'd be, like, I would be able to get, like, I'd, no, I hate all this chat, but I'd be fine with women. But every single time I'd be like, I'd be drunk as well. 
I think people so I'd be like, I, I have just this heightened confidence that's just for alcohol. And then when you take it away, I think that's the hardest thing is when you take it away, like if you're single, you're still, you don't want to be single and like not ever chatting to anyone. So you're always hmm. like, it's, it's on everyone's mind who's single. Like Courses. the other sex or the same sex or whatever. If you like shagging plants, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> okay. <Go>. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. little side chat tangent there. Um, but you're always thinking about the other sex. So I think every time I went out, I like people do look at it as like maybe an opportunity even to, or just even meeting new people or whatever and just be like, even two or three just like ticks you over a little bit mm. like are those first two or three i never stuck to two or three i usually just get absolutely mangled but yeah. even the first two or three like brings you to that bit where you can just sit, sort of relax whereas you realize when you don't have it you're like oh i actually don't have the confidence of what i had yeah. so now i'm stuck i feel like i'm getting it though like, i feel like it's more of this see with the nervous feeling i've got before a few podcasts yeah like sometimes i'd have maybe had that going out into situations where I where I would have felt like I needed a drink and those two or three first ones would have just took that away. And yeah. I but now To be fair, I would have that. I would have still have that same feeling. Yeah. And it's probably why I didn't go out as much as people that did drink is because, you know, it's very easy. If you don't want to go if you're not like a liver for going out, like you will probably go, Do you know what I'm just gonna spend the night in. So I definitely understand that. My case has been the opposite. So I always feel that when, because I'm sober, a lot of the time I see people non-drinking and drinking, I can, people are like different people. Like I've been speaking to people before, like even let's say the opposite sex, right? And they'll be like, they'll be like, you wouldn't even know, they'll just talk to you or be very casual. So you, when you when you speak to them when they're out, they're all of a sudden like, I'm really into you. I'm like, fuck, you didn't, what, what? Or the opposite. Like, yeah. I fucking hate you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but do you get what I mean? So it's almost like, I agree, people have this, you have so much more confidence when you drink. And I can understand why so many people um, do it for that reason. But I'm not against drinking. That's one thing that I would say to a lot of people. I pick and choose. And I think that's probably, in my opinion, the healthiest way to be. Because I still believe nothing can beat having a few drinks with your mates on a good occasion you know, I love a pub crawl at Christmas time. I'm devastated that I'm not going to be with my mates having 12 points in 12 hours, you know, but like it's having that ability to, you know, leave it and go, do you know what? I'm only going out for who asked night. I don't need to drink so many points or I'm not a believer in one. 10 sounds good to me, but one sounds horrific because the whole point and you know, the whole point you drink is because you want that feeling, you want that vibe and I just don't understand having a beer at home. Not a not a thing for me. Nah, I've all, but I was always a social drinker. Mm. But I would have been taking it too far every single time. <laughs> so but, you, you're the sort of guy that's like, don't give me one because if you give me one, I'm it's going to turn into ten. Yeah. Right, got you. Well, we used to have the problem in Melbourne. We used to get two, three drinks after yeah. knockoffs. Every time I had the second one, I'd just be like, I'm out. <laughs> We're in. I'm out. We're moving. I'm already tipsy. Where's my third one? I mean, I know some people that have got like ultra egos when they drink. They're a different human. They're not the same. I'm not a different human. I'm just. They're I'm not. A, They're I'm a, a different animal. Just slightly louder. But like, I'd be the type of person that you wouldn't really know. Sometimes you wouldn't know I was drunk. Sometimes you definitely would. But sometimes I would just be sitting chatting to you like this. Yeah. But I'd have, I wouldn't remember it. Yeah, I, I'm really. Yeah, I would black out. I, but I'd black out. But I wouldn't be like legless. 
Yeah, the only time I've blacked out is when I've been absolutely paralytic. No, I black I've out never like been not that drunk. My brain would just switch off. My, my brother's I think like that's because that. we, we were working so much and also drinking frequently. So we aren't yeah. getting fucked every night. But when you work in a bar, it was like three or four. You maybe have like four pints mm. like on a Monday. And you maybe have four pints on a Thursday. Sunday then you might, in Australia. Then right? you might be out Saturday and Sunday properly. And that's every week. So that's like four. You'd be drinking like four or five times a week. Maybe two or three times really heavily. Yeah. And then I, my brain would just start switching off. But that's what I'm trying to learn. I actually am quite enjoying trying to learn. But it's o- I, I'm only able to do it because like you and Brad don't drink much. That's the only way. Because if I'd done it with some of my mates, it's like, no, you're out. Yeah. So uh, when you go out with people back yeah, it's home. It's your environment though, isn't it? When you go out with people who are, who are back home who are drinkers and you're night trying not to drink, all your night becomes is saying no to cunts. That's Mate. all it becomes. You seen Hannah do it to, to us the other day. She's yeah. like, oh, are you going to drink on Sunday? I was like, nah. And it's just straight away like yeah. an actual, it's a. It's like a, a go at you and you're just like, that's why I don't enjoy it sometimes going out with people like and trying not to drink because yeah. you have to have that conversation like 30 times. It's just like, why can't I just not I mean, have a, that? A couple of my mates smoke and my one, one mate, Danny, he, he literally, it's become a thing now. For the last 10 years, well, that's, yeah, from probably 12. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Maybe a bit longer. Maybe maybe from like 15. Every time he's out, he's like, do you want a fag? He, he says it without fail. Like it just, it happens because it's his thing to me because, you know, he smokes and he just knows I'm going to say no and he just loves it. Yeah. He just, you know, so my friends, it's happened when I was, when I was six, 15, 16 and, and I was even saying like no to, I wasn't really into a lot of drugs, not really a fan of drugs and like smoking especially. I was always, I just built this accustomed saying, no, my mates just love it about me now. They've almost accepted it so much that they like it. At the time they were like, fucking, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong with Aaron? Fucking have a good time. You know, but now it's become part of my personality and people actually, they like it, they accept it and they go, fair enough. You're able to have a good time if like people that are drinking let you. Like if yeah. people that are drinking just let it be, mm. you can enjoy yourself. But the problem starts when that conversation starts. Just leave that conversation of why you're not drinking out. Everyone can have a good time. Totally agree. And I don't, and you know, we went to this single fins bar, didn't we, on Sunday? I had a great time. Fucking people watching, fantastic. I w- yeah. Proper judgmental bastards, but apart from that, great. No, but, but it was going just... this time. I'm still not going to drink, but I'll actually go on the dance floor and stuff this time because we yeah. only went there because we were next time we wanted to see what it was like. We're actually going this time. Yeah. But like, if you're there all day, even though you're not drinking, like I'll be able to get. I'm feeling like I can actually, like, do you know what I mean? Go and like, chat to a female. <laughs> do you reckon you got it? <laughs> Look at his face. He absolutely stopped. Then he went. Oh, let me. I'm not sure. Allowed two eager bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I have a tequila just so uh, just so I remember it? Just a two. Just two, please, mate. I think uh, everyone's. No, had, I think talking... everyone's used a bit of Dutch courage in their life. I've been on plenty. I've been on dates before where I generally have had a swig of whiskey before I went. Just to be like, we just have a pre pre match paint for every day. Pre <laughs> <laughs> for every day, literally. I'm an alcoholic. I just, I just. Are you going for it. a coffee? Yeah, I'll be at the pub first. <laughs> yeah, let me have a pint just so I uh, just so I relax first with this one. But it's you know it's interesting of how much like you can really look into drinking and go. So many people, it's there because of it generally does help them with their confidence and how they feel i'm feeling more content in myself and i'm feeling more confident in general by not drinking because like, yeah. i'm feeling like i'm actually getting over the false confidence 
and coming to the other side where I'm like, you can actually just chat to, I already, already could chat to anyone, but it's more like certain scenarios where it is maybe. Yeah, like in a bar and stuff. Yeah, that would, that would make most people nervous. Whereas when you, act, it's like the whole exposure therapy thing where they just like social anxiety, mm-hmm. like what Paul does, who's the therapist from the podcast back home, either the producer who's a therapist, when people have social anxiety, he was just telling me stories about some people that he's went and just made them say, walk up in Buchanan Street in Glasgow and just say weird stuff. Not weird stuff, but just try and make a conversation and then he'd be like, right, go say this to this person. Yeah. And just so that they realise that nothing bad can happen. And if you keep going out and keep having those two Jaeger bombs before you go on the dance floor, before you talk to people, you never get it overdoing it. You never ever get away from it. So I'm now... I'm, I only, I think I can only do it because you and Brad aren't drinking, and it means that I've got other people that are in the same boat. One hundred percent. I think you. I think as well, if you do, it, if you get used to doing it, you're just setting up a trend. You're setting up a habit. You're yeah. facilitating it. Every time that I go out, I need to do this. Every time that, you know, I do this, I, you've got to break. I think you have to break habits like that as much as possible. And as long as you're aware of them, I know it's hard. Fucking hell, mate. Any form of anxiety is hard. Like it is fucking tough. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I, I've known that sort of set me up for these social occasions, I think this is where rugby massively helped me growing up. Um, even though it's fucking hard on your body and I'm still paying for the knocks, like I don't think I've ever been so nervous and anxious for rugby. I'd have about five, six shits before every game, like genuinely because I, from waking up in the morning to the game at three o'clock in the afternoon, you're just so nervous. I used to do the same with football, but pissing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. I was the same pissing and shitting. I mate. I honestly. Wait, let's s- stop saying those words. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Sorry. Um. But genuinely, I don't think I've like that really taught me because I was making myself nervous every week and having to push through it just to do the thing that I enjoyed. Like I think it really did t- help me with um sort of dealing with some of the things that happened now i don't do it i've definitely noticed the difference like i've definitely not as probably as you know because yeah i just don't think you embrace i think you're probably harder to deal with the anxiety because you're not used to it as much but uh especially with rugby i know i know blokes that have been playing up until they're 40 and they'd be sick before every game who does that to them 30 times 30 times in the season just being constantly sick and I think with rugby more than anything, I'm, I'm sure everyone gets, you know, before any sporting event, you're super nervous. You're constantly thinking, you know, as I said, thinking about the future. How's it going to play out? Am I going to make the best dunk ever? Am I, you know, if you're talking about basketball, am I going to make the best pass? Am I going to make the best tackle? You're constantly thinking about that. Um, and I think with rugby as well, you, you're putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah. Like, you know, you're getting hurt. Like, you know, you're going to get bruised. Yeah, I think that's and I difference. think that plays into it even more. And that's where I think like, um, I'm really thankful for rugby in that regard because I think it helps me deal with emotions better. Um, definitely in my in my younger parts of life, my younger years. So we've kind of not spoke about what I was going to speak about. I'm actually not going to go down the route you think I am. So that little smile is fine. So don't be nervous. Well, you were mad. I'm not nervous. You man. were mad nervous. Just how? So you're. I'm sure you'll probably be pretty open at one point about the anxiety you've had the last mm. like six months or whatever. Yeah, yeah. How has that been over the last two? How long have we been here? You know better than me. Uh, no, we've been here for two weeks. <laughs> been here for two weeks. Um, better, man. Yeah. A lot better. The, 
like first week was tough still have moments but it's a lot better like it really is a lot better just as i said when you're meeting new people and you know doing probably not working a bit as much getting out a lot seeing new things being on a fucking moped Fuck it out, you need to be president of one of them fuckers or you're otherwise you die. Tell you what, by the way, you keep talking about this. I'm purely an autopilot. I'm not concentrating one bit on those things. That scares me because this guy doesn't use his mirrors. Um anyhow, yeah, it definitely has it definitely has helped massively for sure. Like, um yeah. What were we actually like on the lead up with like the two weeks before we came here? What was it like? Uh definitely had a bit of a moment a week before. Mm-hmm. You know, I spoke to you about it, didn't I? Um yeah, just you know, yeah, just worried, like genuinely heavily worried and stuff. And, I, and I'm not a worrying character, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a bit out of my nature, really, yeah. sort of with it. So, What, see how when you went for therapy, we spoke about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but not that much. I still, I, I want to go for therapy. Yeah. I want to go for therapy uh, to speak about my mum. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to speak about because I do think I have quite a lot of baggage with that. Yeah, because that—that's why I asked you earlier. Have you, did you, did anything come up when you read that Lost Connections book? So see, when mm-hmm. I read it, there was stuff about. So I wasn't actually depressed or anxious. I just was a bit lonely from living in London, just yeah, because yeah. of the lifestyle. Well, you did say you did say to me ninety-nine percent of the time on my own. Yeah, it's like, horrendous, mate. But I. I the way everyone was set up i had to make money da, 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 da. i had to so i was just lonely i wasn't de- i knew that was what was fucking me so i wasn't actually depressed or anxious because mm. i knew the only problem i had was the fact i was in london on my own so i yeah. knew that's what i had to change so i wasn't actually in a horrendous place i was just a bit like fucking stressed nice about sure, right? but like yeah. probably you probably felt a lot like i high felt in portugal like with portugal yeah. i but you weren't like I was anxious. in my place on my own, but I wasn't anxious. I wasn't depressed. Just I, just, shit. I just knew. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, this is, so pretty, was like this is pretty wank. But there was one point in that book where it was talking about like how childhood trauma affects you and stuff. And it was talking about, I can't remember. It was maybe like talking about certain things that maybe happened. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought of this one memory from my childhood that I hadn't thought about before since it happened. And I broke down crying next to the London mm-hmm. Eye. And I, that, like, I'd never thought about child, like, anything from my... I knew my childhood wasn't perfect, but I've never thought it was horrendous. Yeah. I don't think I was an unhappy child, but I definitely didn't go on with my mum. Like, I really, really yeah, didn't yeah, go on with my mum. Yeah, well, you spoke to me about it playing songs. And she, this one moment that made me start crying, because I was like, that's probably can make me pinpoint why I am the way I am with certain things. Mm. Like, genuinely, that one thing... And I was about 12 and my mum had a boyfriend. This was the first time she ever met me, let me meet like another man. I don't know if she had other boyfriends at the time. It was the first person she let me meet. And I think they'd been on a date and they came back and they were drunk. And he just was, he said something really fucking horrible to me. And he swore at me. And it was like the first, he was drunk and it was the first time I met him. And he just said, he just said something nasty to me and he swore at me. I remember being 12 and even at 12, I, would no, just mate, like, I was like, I think I, I just hated him instantly. Of course. So like anytime he was there, I would not speak to him or whatever. I'd probably go to my dad's or whatever. And then she broke up with him and I came back from football one time. I couldn't get in the front, the front door. And mm. our house was like 
it was weird it was like a garage that covered the rest of it from the front so you could only see the door there was no other windows the yeah. garage covered it yeah but around the back the full house was open so if i couldn't get in the house and my mum wasn't and sometimes i could get in the back door so climb yeah. went around the car park climbed in the back door and that guy was sitting on the couch so i'd wrapped the door like knocked on the door for like 10 minutes then get in went around the back yeah and he was sitting on the couch and then my mum came in and she shut the curtains on me and wouldn't let me in the house and i had to go stay at my auntie's um and i hate i didn't at 12 i'd hated staying anywhere else other than like where i lived it's not even that like you just think about the rejection yes the fear the fear like if something like that you would just probably you'd probably generally like you'd build a fear of rejection because you've just been rejected by the person who's meant to love you the most like I stayed in my auntie's house and i actually remember like it's so weird how you block out or mm. how you never remember i just read that book and i just i hadn't remembered that opened ever up, opened up the locker mate yeah i started i started literally started crying i was like what the fuck yeah like outside london i think like people were looking at me i was like and, but it wasn't like hysterics it was like my eyes started watering and i was like just that emotions coming out i remember man. standing there i was like did that actually happen <laughs> like do you know what i mean not me crying i was like yeah i'm yeah. actually remembering that because i've not never thought about that again i remember stayed at my auntie's and they had like a bunk bed and i remember i had like nightmares all night and then this like i would go like two or three weeks without even acknowledging my mum's existence at some points like, yeah. there was maybe like two or three moments like that and i would like I would just go to school and come back and not and like go up and like I'd play football with my mate. I would just pretend that I think that's why I'm so like see what I'm saying, like I don't want to do what you want to do or whatever. Or yeah. like I'm so like fixated on what you want to do. I'm fixated on what I want to do, but also like I'm very I've got my own business. I've I don't yeah, really I think I, I think as well. People. I think as well, like you said, you you're used to doing things on your own, mate. Yeah. Like you haven't played with others at home. What? <laughs> you haven't played with others at home. Do you get what I mean? I, would, I had to plenty of mates. But, so. you, but you had you had you had sports teams and stuff. But I think you're probably right. Like you just used to fending for yourself, and you kind of like that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I think that's you know. I, it's not even that I kind of like it though. I'm used to because I I'd have probably then went for the next two or three weeks of my life making my own, like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Probably not making my own dinner because I couldn't cook fuck all. But like just not even. I, I remember I literally. She would try to speak to me and I would just not talk to her. She would yeah. like, she would, I remember her like going out, do you want me to make you dinner? And I just wouldn't even acknowledge she was there. But Mad. at the same time, she, she, if she ever heard that, she would feel horrific about it. But at the same time, I remember being 12 or 13 and I would still probably feel the same. I was like, she deserved it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd be, I'd be like, fuck off. And I was like, nah. And I yeah. think I'm still like that. Like, man, man, eh? Told you when I moved to London, didn't I, about my auntie with a, she was meant to be my guarantor and she pulled out at the last second for absolutely no reason. Right. I nearly lost like two grand. Yeah, so maybe that's, maybe that's where and you, I've never you're kind of, sp- you're kind of used to some people disappointing you. So you're kind of just like, well, yeah, fuck you anyway. I'm never t- spoke to her again. I haven't seen her. Myself. And if, I've told, I like, my, so my auntie, my other auntie lives like two doors down for, from us. We usually go to hers for like Christmas or New Year or whatever. And like they're all well aware that if she's there and I'm there, like I will not speak to her, and I'll tell her that I don't like her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of the stuff that's probably happened from my that was the first time I read books because I like childhood trauma is such a oh well, I don't I know, want to say buzzword. I know, I know people. I know people. I know people that, um, you know, 
that have had really bad childhood trauma and you wonder why like they have bad anxiety now and then like I even had a bit of a traumatic experience myself and I don't want to delve into that but it's definitely like a few years later from it it was the 100% open up my brain to being more worried like once you once you have that once you have that fear and knowing that something so fucked up can happen yeah as you know for you it was you being neglected to a certain level like you remember that your brain remembers that right mad, and isn't it though mad how you just it's something yeah and it, and it just can and it can trigger and like i can completely understand that like from what i saw of thing i wonder now like as i said i've had like over the last few months i have had really bad disordered anxiety which has made me feel you know super low at points and probably have every bad symptom under the sun mate but mm -hmm. like the thing is, it's uh, I've got to a point where I sort of just army man. It's what I've it's what I've experienced. It's what it is. I just move on. You can't have, you can't have. I don't think you can. You know, you wouldn't be the person you are without that. Yeah. You wouldn't be the joke, Gavin. I've just been taking the piss out for of yeah. for the last hour. Wonder where the fuck that came from. <laughs> if if you know, if you weren't like that and experienced that, and same with me, I probably wouldn't be the same person if. I didn't have that, you know, that side of me or what happens. And I think you just got to learn to let go. And I, um, now, do you know what? I was like, I was thinking I was in the, I was in the surf yesterday, bring it back to surfing. <laughs> and, and genuinely like, um, how can you, right. How can you bring childhood trauma back to you on a board? Because I think like you have waves. Off. <laughs> Fuck off! No, but no, but like, do you know what I mean? You, you, no, don't, you, don't, no, think, no, you no. don't think Cancel about this. The you don't think about this all the time, though, do no. you? Do you? Do you think about this all the time? It doesn't have waves, though. Do you? But you, you'll hear what I'm referring to. Get back to Gavin. Do you? Do you have what I'm saying? Is you don't think about and you don't the the thing that makes you cry doesn't make you cry all the time, does it, Gav? What? You know what your experience didn't make you cry all the time. No, right? was that what, the one? Maybe another time. I thought about it again. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. There you go. But what I'm saying is like for me, um, you know, if you do have like the the downward moments or you do feel a bit shit or you do, you know, you know, because you've had uh, bad patches of anxiety yourself. And I think in surfing, there's a saying like when you paddle out, right, it's really fucking difficult. Like, and sometimes there's a massive fucking set of waves. And do you know what? You're not getting out for shit. Mm. You you feel like just going back to the shore and going, it's not my day today. And sometimes that's what you have to do. But there's other times where you just weather the storm and you don't make an effort. You just focus on keeping afloat and then you wait for your time and then you fucking sprint and you go hard at it. And, um, you know, for me, that's very much when I, if I ever feel, if I feel like anxious about anything or if any issues come up i just that's how i deal with them now i think that was the when i started crying in london i <laughs> think that's when I, why are we laughing about it's fine bro <laughs> I, mean. I think that's when i was like right i need to go with because the thing the thing is as well and even since i've moved home mm. i'm so content and i've cause i've had a year where i literally had a lump here and had the anxiety for the full year where I couldn't breathe properly. Yeah. I think because I'd been four years since I've really, I've only ever had like when I mean, something stressed me out maybe for a day and then it's when I away. think that's also why you're very on top of it. Yeah, like you, that, I, you know, you know what happens when you can 
you get too, you push too far. Well, that's like, probably why and I'm that's so why like, you're like, Aaron, yeah, yeah. I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not getting stressed out because I don't want to be feeling fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. And I, and to be fair, I, I appreciate you accepting, like pushing your boundaries. boundaries as I said. Yeah, I think I've got certain things in place because I know what stresses me out. But I think therapy wise, that made me realize I need to go for it. Because even though I'm in the best place, generally really happy, generally happy in my go life. Go for it before you need it, mate. Yeah, and it's also, it's a prevention measure. And I also think if I never do that, I'll continually keep getting in relationships I'm not that arsed about because I've probably got trust issues a wee bit from those sort of experiences. Yeah, 100%. And then I need to fix that before I delve into a relationship. That is a bomb to finish, but I'd, no, I'd, mate, I'd totally agree. And I think... As Bring we, it on, as by we, the way. As we talked about, and as we talked about, literally about lost connections, and what I was saying is like, just more people need to have conversations about. I think Johan, Johan Harry should give me a discount code for that book, by the way. Yeah, it's good. It's a good book to read. No, but I've, I do, I've got so many people. He did it. a TED talk on it, to be fair. So if you do, I'd probably just, just get, read the book. No, but the get, the, TED talk. get the audio book. His voice is actually very soothing, is and it? it will make you cry. Is it? Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, do you not do you not audiobook it? No, no, oh, I actually well, got good. I've actually got it and read it. Um I'm not audio really book. much of a I don't when I read, I like to see the words. I like to I'd probably get myself be into it. Eighty percent books, but I heard Do like an audio book. I just heard he was really good on the like the voice his voice is really soothing. So Yeah. No, that's right. why I said audio. I understand it, but right. yeah, no, I'd probably agree with you on that. I am about to have the fucking Maddest podcast of my life, Mr. probably. <laughs> Most bizarre situation. Like, I don't listen know. To, listen to this, right? Do you want me to t- like, tell the story? Are you going to tell a story about the boat as well? <laughs> yeah, go on. Do you Ra- know what? Wrap right, up. Fine. You've got five minutes, right? Because I need to sit here and be Okay, like, five minutes. Let's ramp this up. Before. So, on the way out here, right? I was on my flight from Emirates, Dubai to Bali, and I've picked up my bag and I've looked over and I've gone, I fucking know you somewhere seen you before right he's looked at me he's probably gone don't have a shit fucking shit haircut mate don't have um, a fucking clue but, of that yeah <laughs> who the fuck is that guy um and anyhow we on the way we went out our first night to watch the England game England versus who was it Iran 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 and we went to the bench which is a nice bar here in uh here in Bali in Changu and we saw this guy and we were like, he's in an England shirt and we, and we stood next to him and I he was said, like, and I was like, I've, I've seen you, seen you before. He said, oh, that's why he said, all right to me. And I was like, all right. Who, who are you? I, I realized he was on his own. Yeah. They realized own. turns out it was, um, it was our, it was our now mate, Brad. Um, and, and you, uh, you knew he was from, Love and Island, I knew I he was on, I knew he was off Love Island. I, I'm very much a face picker. You know what I mean? I, I very much can look at someone and I'd be like, I fucking know you. So anyway, Brad off, my man Brad off Love Island. He's a good lad to be fair, actually. I love when you meet someone off Love Island, you're so surprised they're not a twat. <laughs> yeah, <exactly laughs> you do, so. don't you? You're like, oh, he's such a nice human. And you're like, I really did expect him to be really bad. But you know, he's, mate, such a sound I guy. I reckon if it We've was spent just some time with him, him and you didn't know him from Love Island. I would have probably, I could have probably spoke to him for an hour and had no idea he was on Love Island because I don't watch Love 100%. Island. 100%. I think it was me who said, you were on Love Island, weren't you? And 
any, we, we had a conversation and he was like, oh, oh a, by the way, a, a girl's coming. A girl's coming here that I've met. And so on. we were like, oh, okay. Right, watching the England game. And then Make she walks in. Pl platonic, mate, by the way, because this is what I'm scared of. Him getting fucked. A platonic, mate. Like the uh, girl, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, well, no, well, there was no like romantic. Well, was generally a friend, wasn't I it? I come yeah. back from the bathroom and she's there, and I come down, and you're like, she's from the apprentice. I'm like, of course she is. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> we're sitting there and going, and this guy recognizes everyone that's been on reality TV. By the way, I don't know how Scooby Doo who they are. I've just got a name. I told you, I've got a name for faces, but I also, because of the way she was in that show and the press that she got, I was remembering, and I literally was there like. How is it that the first night you go out in Bali, you have a Love Island there and the person who's on the last series of The Apprentice? We'll end it on this bombshell, right? Because I don't want to say too much about her if the one name or anything, but we'll just end it on the boat. Yeah. Right. Just not, she goes to me, she goes, she heard my accent, she goes, where are you from? It's like, Glasgow. <laughs> and she goes, I've got a boat in Glasgow. And I was like, where the fuck have you got a boat in the Clyde? Like, no has, nobody has a boat in Glasgow. And then she said some place... I'd never heard of it. And then I was like, nah, I don't know. And then she went, was like, do you know Port of Addy? And I was like, I know um, that it's not in Glasgow and it's fucking miles away. She basically has a boat fucking like 200 miles away. It's the equivalent of you going, living in Coventry and going here, I've got a boat in Coventry. I mean, actually it's, in the Lake District. it's just not how I create conversation. It's like going, how are you? Hi, I'm Aaron. Do you know, do you know I have a Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck off. Yeah, that, that's where I've noticed I'm people's, sorry. people's heads are fried. It's here, not for me, babe. He's coming in like five minutes. Is right? he? So I'll, we'll leave it here. Don't be a dick videos. YouTube, Aaron Martin Fit. That's the one. We're going, we're both moving to long form content. I'm on the podcast. He's on the YouTube We videos. actually did a vlog. We actually did a vlog about us going to Uber in the most... Slagging off influencers. It's, yeah, in the most Instagrammable place, trying to avoid Barley Belly. So. so get him on YouTube. Yeah, go check that out. I don't, usually don't promo the other person, so enjoy. Oh, he's so nice to me, isn't he? Catches in a bit.